So how do moms like us become the best parents we can be while also making time for self-care, creativity, and projects that matter? Parenting and raising humans can be hard. Being a mother and changemaker can be even harder, but it's a heck of a lot more rewarding. With the right mindset, support, and systems in place, moms can have a huge positive impact on the lives of their families, communities, and society as a whole. Unfortunately, and still to this day, cultural norms and traditions try to pigeonhole us into one role or another, perpetuating feelings of mom guilt when they shouldn't be there in the first place. Hi there, I'm Roy Alloy, host of the Insider Mom Podcast. Each week, we'll be covering topics and inspirational stories aim to help mamas break through barriers, release perfection, cultural norms, and mom guilt to become the women, parents, and change makers we're meant to be. So take a deep breath, relax your shoulders, and let's dive right in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Insider Mom Podcast. I'm Roya, your host, and today's episode is brought to you by the Easy Breezy Breastfeeding Online eCourse. If you or someone you know is expecting and you want to learn some of the top tips for breastfeeding success, as well as have access to some incredible resources to get you prepared and to avoid complications, go to www.easybreezybreastfeeding.com where you can sign up there. Also, listeners to the podcast can get 50% off the course by entering the code lactation, L-A-C-T-A-T-I-O-N. All right, without further ado, I'm going to introduce today's guest. Her name is Kate Torgerson. Kate Torgerson is founder and CEO of Milk Stork, the first breast milk shipping company. A full-time working mom of three kids, she was committed to breastfeeding all of her children. After facing the challenging logistics of pumping for her twins during a four-day business trip, Kate created Milk Stork to lighten the load, both physically and emotionally, for hardworking, business-traveling, breastfeeding moms. Kate's story of mom-led innovation and entrepreneurship has been covered in outlets such as the Today Show, Time, Forbes, People, NPR, Fortune, and Cheddar TV. In 2016, she was named one of Red Tricycle's Power Moms in Food, and in 2015, Milk Stork was recognized as one of Business Insider's 19 coolest new businesses in San Francisco. When she isn't working, playing with her kids, or picking up Hot Wheels, she's on a never-ending quest for eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. So let's just dive right in and welcome Kate Torgerson. All right. Hi, Kate. It's so nice to have you. Hi. It's nice to be here. Reporting from my bedroom. Yes. <laughs> Reporting from my living room. <laughs> like most of us. So um, cool. Yeah. I just wanted uh, to ask you, basically, I, I came upon Milk Stork online and I was looking for, looking for breastfeeding resources. And I came upon your website and I was like, this is really cool. This is a service that I didn't know existed. And had I know, known existed when I was breastfeeding my daughter, like I would have definitely used it. So um, can you tell us a bit more about like how Milk Stork actually came about, how it got started and what it does? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have three kids and my second and third are twins. Uh, with my first child, Jax, I, I always tell people it was rainbows and unicorns with breastfeeding. We had a great latch. We, he breastfed for 18 months. Fantastic. 
Um, then I had twins and it was an entirely different ball game. I have fraternal twins. They have, they had different circadian, their boy girl, different circadian rhythms, different sleep cycles, appetites. Um, one could latch, one couldn't latch, uh, weight gain issues, tongue tie issues, not to mention just tandem nursing in general, which, um, I kind of went in, I went in overconfident for sure. Thinking that since I had such a great experience with my my oldest that this, I was a seasoned pro and that twins would be no problem. Um, but I think moms who have more than one kid know that every breastfeeding relationship is different. Um, even if you're having two simultaneously, two simultaneous breastfeeding relationships, even if they're nursing at the same time, it's different for the, the one on the left than it is on, for the one on the right. So at any rate, we had fought through a lot of issues, but through it all, they had only ever had breast milk. And so when I was faced with a four-day business trip um, and I was producing a gallon of milk every two days, that presented a, a really big logistical challenge because I was going to have to produce so much more milk before I left, um, you know, pump gallons to cover my absence on top of the gallons that they were already drinking. And then I was going to have to manage um, an inventory of two gallons in a hotel mini fridge and get it all back to say nothing of the pumping every three hours. Um, at the same time, professionally, I wanted to take the trip. I, I could have easily, I had an, my employer at the time was Cliff Bar. They are a very family friendly company. They would have been completely understanding if they said, if I said, I, you know, I don't want to take the trip because I'm breastfeeding, but I wanted to be all in on my job, especially after I had walked around the office pregnant with twins. <laughs> like I just had like a neon sign that said like working mom over my head. So I took the trip. Um, I did the hustle of pumping ahead of time, stashing pumping around the clock while I was there. I lugged 26 pounds of ice and breast milk through TSA. Um, I got questioned why one mom would have so much breast milk. I had to dump out ice. I had to use ice because I had so much that gel packs couldn't keep it cold. Uh, it was just a huge pain in the ass. And I got back, literally the day I got back from that trip, I was like, I, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There's gotta be a way to get the milk home so that we don't have to create this inventory and that you know we don't have to manage a highly perishable substance in a hotel mini fridge there's got to be a way to bridge the the uh the gap the distance gap totally so cool so um is that when you just started making plans or you knew you knew you could make this into a business or how, how did I that just, come about uh, yeah i think the the one thing that just stuck in my mind the whole time was if i could just get the milk back somehow I could just get it back, so many of these problems would be solved. TSA would be solved, um, lugging stuff around would be solved, creating that inventory would be solved. So the first thing we did was kind of figure out like what would the mom's experience be, what would be ideal. And what we came up with, and I should say my we, when I say we, my founder, my co-founder is my dad. So the first person I called when I had this idea was my dad and I said, hey dad, I have this idea. So. Cool. so um, what it is, is we have these really um, amazing coolers that are medical grade uh, coolers. They, we ship them to the mom's hotel. They're push button activated. So there's, they're not electronic in any way. They're, they work on evaporation technology. She puts her milk in. It's already labeled and ready to go. All she has to do is drop it at the front desk and have it overnight home. And that really was the model for the business is getting it initially getting a day supply of milk home um, on a daily basis. 
That is overnight. super, super convenient. That, that sounds really interesting. And how did you come up with the push button technology? Was that, had that existed before? Did you guys design it? No, no. so that's not ours. We, we found a wonderful partner. Um, and I remember uh, this, this had never been done before. And we had a meeting with him and we were explaining what we were going to do. And he was like, why do you want to, like, why would anyone want to ship breast milk? Like he, he couldn't understand it. But once we explained it to him, um, he was like, oh, I, you know, I totally understand. And so they've been our partner from the very get-go. Um, they've been amazing. So that's incredible. Um, and basically I want to ask, uh, what's one thing you wish you'd known about the early weeks and months of parenting, <laughs> especially with your, your twins? Cause you said oh, it was a lot twins. easier with the first, yeah. the first one. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that anyone could have told. I'm, I, twins is hard. I mean, it's just hard. Um, but the first, I think, I, I guess the lesson that I learned with the twins that I probably didn't learn, learn the first time around is that parenting is not a zero sum game. You don't have to play the game perfectly. Um, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. You're going to screw up. Um, you're going to lose your temper. You're going to own some days and just be awesome at it. Um, but it, as long as you love your kids and you're doing your best, that's enough. And I, I don't think, um, I truly got that until I was completely overwhelmed by having three, three kids under the age of three. And I remember actually one of my friends was also pregnant with twins after I had had mine. And she was, um, she was telling me, you know, we're going to do cloth diapers. We're going to do, um, she also had an older one. She, all these things that she was going to do. And I was like, just no, just put this on your refrigerator right now compromises will be made. Aim oh. high, <laughs> but know that it's going to be a triage situation and, and you just have to, you just have to do not just what's best for your kids, but also what's going to be best for you. Totally. And like, like releasing that perfection and how you, how you learn that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect or how other people are doing it. It's like yeah. what works for you is what works for you. It may not be the yeah. same as what works for somebody else. Totally. And I think not holding on to there were certain things that I just held on to, you know, like I, it had to be this way. And I, um, and I think, you know, honestly, breastfeeding was one of them. And that was one that I, I was, that was a compromise that I wasn't willing to make, but it's a, a completely okay compromise. Um, if you can't do it, if you physically just can't do it, if you mentally can't do it, it's, it, it was overwhelming. Totally. And, and the fact that you came up with this innovative solu solution to help other moms who wanted to still, you know, continue their careers in those early phases, but also be able to, you know, feed their children with breast milk. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I think that's, it's really, really cool. Um, I also wanted to ask, so how necessary do you think it is that all employers offer sufficient time for maternity and parental leave? I think it's essential, but I don't think it's just the responsibility of businesses. Um, and I think, and I say that being a small business myself, it is very hard to offer paid leave, um, it, especially for small business owners. And I, and I will tell you, coming out of COVID, it's going to be much, much harder. Small businesses are getting very much squeezed right now. Um, and uh, operating costs are, are, and employee costs are something that they are taking a hard look at. I mean, we look at, you know, see the unemployment numbers right now. So never, ever more before, like we need a federally paid leave program for parents. We need to have federally paid leave like the rest of the world. Um, it's, it's not enough to just put it on employers. And totally. especially coming out of coronavirus, it's just not going to be possible. It's going to be very, very hard to have that kind of leave in place on a, just on a private level. 
That is so, so true. And like you see other countries and they're doing it and they've done it for yeah. a while. It's like, why can't the States also do that? It would benefit so many parents, so many families, and um, it'll be good for the businesses as well. So they don't have to take on that responsibility, yeah. but definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to go back a little bit. I wanted to ask you, um, what did you want to be when you went to college? And uh, so basically, what was your first job after college or what did you want to be? And did uh, you even envision yeah. this, you know, creating no. this company no. early on? Business was never entrepreneurial, like being an entrepreneur business was never, never, ever, ever in the cards. Um, when I went to college, I wanted to be an archaeologist. And oh. I studied archaeology in college. I had, I fell in love with the subject. Um, having a great professor who was passionate about it, um, Professor Jim Dietz. And uh, my first job out of college, I worked as a professional ski instructor in the winter and an archaeologist in the summer. That sounds so fun. That sounds so cool. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was really kind of, um, I had romantic notions of traveling the world and uh, doing digs, um, but I ended up living in Tahoe, working in the Tahoe National Forest as an archaeological technician, and then um, worked as a ski instructor. That's really, really cool. Um, also, so what did your parents do for a living, and how did that impact you on your life and career? So my dad, who I mentioned, is my co-founder. He is a veteran of Silicon Valley. I grew up in Palo Alto in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I think that's a pretty interesting place to grow up. As I was growing up, Silicon Valley itself was growing up. And I know at the time I didn't have uh, visibility to all the things that my parent, my friend's parents were doing. But if you, if I look back now at what they were doing, they were, you know, growing this uh, hub of industry and innovation um, while we were, you know, screwing around in the front yard. Um, my mom has always been involved with local and state politics. Um, she eventually became a Democratic congressional fundraiser for the 14th district in Anna issue. So I have lots of memories of um, uh, licking envelopes and putting stamps on and doing mailings and walking precincts. Um, I think the uh, combination of uh, believing in the grassroots from my mom and um, growing up in Palo Alto and where anything was possible, truly anything was possible. Um, that kind of spurred the belief that you could build things, that you that, could do things. That's really interesting. And it's really cool how you ended up creating a company that is also now like helping moms and creating change in that way. So it offers them more flexibility for them to, you know, further their careers as well too. So that, that's really cool. Um, and then I was wondering, so what was a turning point in your life and um, it, how did it affect you? Oh, I mean, what's the turning major point turning mother point? Motherhood is the turning point. Motherhood. It's the, <laughs> it's the defining moment. It's like when things became technocolor, you know, I think yeah. everything was black and white before, like <laughs> shades of gray before that. Um, I think what, I mean, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, today, tomorrow, yesterday, it's still the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Um, I found it a completely empowering experience um, and an exhausting experience. It's relentless, but it's, it kind of makes you play your best game. You're kind of your best person. And I think the other thing that's defining about motherhood is that you live on a much bigger emotional spectrum. Um, I feel connected to the world in a way that I didn't when I wasn't a mom. Um, you know, the, um, I, I think kind of the emotional spectrum I had before 
I had kids was like this. And now I, I, the highest highs are much higher and the lowest lows are much lower. It's just a wider um, emotional experience. That's totally understandable. Yeah. It's, there's so much you learn throughout the whole process too. And you're constantly learning, growing. You're not only teaching your kids things, you're also learning things about yourself from them. (laughs) And yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, I think too, I think it was, I don't think I would have been an entrepreneur if I hadn't been a mom first, because being a mom is so hard and there is no playbook and everything is unexpected and you're you're just out you're like okay i'm taking this kid home uh from the hospital and now i'm a parent i'm in charge of this human being and i think being an entrepreneur is a little it's a lot you birth an idea and you're kind of just doing the best you can um figuring out stuff as you go and trusting your gut totally totally and so um expanding on that like uh how do you think, how important do you think it is for moms who want to create something or create a business or move forward with an idea to have like support with parenting or childcare? I mean, I, when I look back at, at Milk Stork, I built Milk Stork when I was hooked up to the pump because I was working full time. I had three kids and there, there was no free time. So the only free time I had when I was, when I was pumping. Um, so I, you know, 20 minute increments, you know, three or four times a day was when I was working on it. And then when they went to bed, so, uh, you know, lucky if they went to sleep by eight and then I would work on it until, you know, one in the morning. Um, I don't think if you're a mom and you're working, you're ever going to find free time. You kind of have to carve it out. Um, in terms of childcare, we don't have childcare. Well, we have, um, we now have childcare. They were going to preschool when I was um, or they were in daycare when I was starting Milk Stork, um, at an expense, of course. Um, but I think when we talk about paid federal leave for parents, I think we also need to be talking about a childcare solution for American families, frankly. My, I don't know about anyone else, but my childcare payment was bigger than my mortgage. And I don't think that's unusual. Yeah, no, it's, it's fairly common in a lot of places. And, um, yeah, it's absolutely yeah, I, it's absolutely necessary to 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 a degree. I mean, you you can only carve out pockets of time as much as you can, but there comes a time where you do need that that support whether it's from a babysitter or a daycare or, you know, a partner or somebody who's saying, "Okay, you know, I can help out with this." So you have like this many hours to do that and like switching switching off or figuring out a way to make it work because it's not it's not the same as pre pre kids like when you have that yeah. time you're like oh i'm going to go do this right now and then i'm going to schedule this it's it's sort of like do you see like yourself being a little bit more flexible with what you have to do and your timing and stuff depending on your day or um find it's very structured i mean i think for us so you know i had a full time when i started milk Stork and for the first several years i had a full time job um the kids were in child care because I had a full-time job. Um, my side, I think this is true of most side hustles. They're born at night. They're born in the in-between. They are not, uh, you know, childcare didn't directly help milk stork because that th- those were the hours that I should have been sleeping. Um, it did help me um, in terms of being a dual income family with three kids living in an expensive area um, and being able to pay for childcare. But I think it was a pretty much a straight trade-off. Like what I was making was going directly to childcare. Um, so I, uh, I don't remember the original question, but it is a pinch. Like you, it, it is hard to be anything more 
<laughs> than a working parent. Um, totally. If you don't have some other support to help you uh, get free time. Totally, totally. And uh, during those times, like how how would you, or, or even now, or in the last year or two, how do you schedule that time for self care? Do you do you make time for that, or do you find it really helps you, or, um, yeah. Uh, self care is a really good question because <laughs> I think what what is self care? I don't I don't know. I, I think we're a family of five, um, and I think under the current circumstances, self-care is um, a real privilege. Um, it's always been a privilege. Uh, self-care for me is going outside. If I'm not being able to go outside, I get really um, antsy. Uh, I do think you have to schedule it for yourself because no one's going to give it to you. Totally. But you have to decide what it is and what's going what's gonna to replenish you. Um, and that could be, sometimes for me, honestly, it, I, that's looking out the window as I wash the dishes. And, you know, it's, it's, it comes in moments and it's some, if I'm lucky, it comes in an hour, but more often than not, it's in minutes. Yeah. And I, and I find especially now a lot of parents are stressed and it's really hard to, you want to go out or do the things you did before to de-stress or even things that didn't seem like they were like self-care or like <laughs> de-stress. My, yeah. <laughs> my commute was self-care and I never knew. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's, you're, you're learning new things about how, you know, different things affect you and yeah, stress levels are high right now. And yeah, I think a lot of parents, a lot of moms are trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I fit certain things in my day? How can I reduce my stress to not, yeah. to not get it to overwhelm you basically? Cause it's really easy for that to happen to us, but yeah. Um, it's, it's so, so crucial. Um, I wanted to ask, so um, do you have any personal heroes and how have they inspired you? I always, you know, I often get asked this question and I don't know that I have like a person that, um, for me, it's just like, it's, it's been seeing, it's just the, my community of friends, um, seeing people achieve things that they set out to achieve. That's what inspires me. It's not any like one exceptional person. Um, I admire the people that um, set a goal and achieve a goal. And, you know, that, that happens with my family members and with my, my friends. Um, and that's what inspired and with Milk Stork Moms. Uh, I remember when we first launched, we had one mom who was a consultant and I would see her orders come in. She traveled every single week for a year and did shipments. And um, I will just like at the, I saw that the shipments dropped off towards the end and I, I, she inspired me. I cannot believe that she was able to do that. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was wondering, um, do you believe in work-life balance? No, no, <laughs> I, don't. I don't. Um, no, I especially don't now. If it, if I didn't believe in it before, I really don't believe in it now. Um, no, I think the best you can do is be present in the moment that you're in totally. and schedule your time wisely as, as wisely as you possibly can. But even then there's always the life, life is, there's too many variables in life. Um, you're always going to come up, there's going to be a sick kid or a meeting's going to come up or an emergency. Um, the best you can do is be present in the moment that you're in. Totally. Totally. 
Um, and we just touched on this, like this crisis and what's happening with people staying home and stuff. Uh, what is Milk Stork doing uh, during this crisis to come out stronger when things go back to a new normal and people yeah. start traveling again? Yeah, so I mean, we've been really hit hard, obviously. Um, our entire <laughs> uh, business model is based on people traveling. Um, but also our business model is based on supporting women in their endeavors and their ambitions. So what we are doing is actually opening a shop on our website that will only feature products made by women, or sorry, rather made by moms. So mom founded companies and products for moms, um, not just in the breastfeeding space, but it could, you know, just products that have been innovated and created by a mom. Um, we do have one dad made product in the breastfeeding space, but um, so we'll, we'll shine a light on the dads too, but the focus is really supporting um, small businesses that, that moms have created um, and highlighting them, that's giving really, them, really cool. sharing our audience with them. That's excellent. That's, uh, that's really cool to hear. And then um, I also wanted to know, is there a motto or saying that you live by or one that you yeah. really like? Uh, so I have two. I'll share. Um, I'll share both of them. So um, my easy one is my daughter Zoe, when she was five, um, she had a motto for herself, and I don't even know where she got it. But she's. You ask her to tell. You say, Zoe, tell me about yourself. She'd be like, I'm fast, smart, strong, and brave. Like those were her words. Um, so that one is one that I kind of carry with me as a mantra when things are tough. And then the other one comes from my son Finn. Uh, he has always had an issue with eating. He's had sensory issues with food. Food is just a tough thing for him, food and clothes. And um, he used to only eat like yogurt and cheddar bunnies. Like we could not get him to eat anything. And this is probably not the best parenting move of all time, but I, um, a few months ago, we said, we'll buy you a $25 Lego set if you eat a dill pickle. A whole dill pickle. I mean, to him, this was like Mount Everest to climb. And um, he did it because he really wanted that Lego set. And after he ate it, um, he was eating something else. And he's like, you know, once you eat a pickle, everything else tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. So he had sushi last week. He's had olives on his pizza. He'll eat anything now. And I, I think that's actually kind of a perfect motto for right now because we are eating a pickle. And um, Totally. <laughs> everything that's good is going to taste great after this. <laughs> Those are both really great sayings. Um, where can people find you and the work you do online? So you can find Milk Stork at um, milkstork.com and our shop will be opening really soon. Um, look, at, look for it at the end of April. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Milk Stork um, and you can find me on Instagram if you want to see the trials and tribulations of surviving coronavirus with three kids um, <laughs> <laughs> um, at Milk Stork Mama on Instagram. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, it was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It was great to, to be able to talk to your audience. All right. Take care. All right, that's it for this episode of the Insider Mom podcast. If you want to join us on social, make sure to go to facebook.com slash the Insider Mom or on Instagram at the Insider Mom or Pinterest at the Insider Mom. So if you also want to become an Insider Mom VIP and get some really cool tips and information that we only share via email in our weekly email, go to insidermom.com and sign up to become an Insider Mom VIP. We hope you join us and we hope you've enjoyed this interview. 
Stay well. Until next time, see you then.